Thanks for joining us here at Temple Baptist Church in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. If you would like to see other resources or learn more about our ministry, check out www.tbccentralia.com. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. Now, this message I have this morning, I thought, you know, okay, I'm saved. Now what? And I thought, everybody's going to say, well, I've been saved for years, and I know what I'm supposed to do. But I find that a lot of Christians have never left the infant stage, no matter how many years ago it was when they give their heart to the Lord. And believe it or not, you were not saved only to get to heaven. Really. There are more, there is more to Christianity than saying, well, one of these days when I die, I'm going to walk on streets of gold and and I'm going to see gates of pearl and walls of jasper and mansions and I'm going to go see Jesus and, and have that great big Baptist banquet that they have up there. There's more to it than that. And if we're not careful, we don't grow in salvation, in Christianity. And it has to change your life. Okay, finally got one. If If being saved hasn't changed your life, you need to come back and try it again. I'm going to be really honest with you, because you didn't get it. Because my Bible says whenever I am saved, I am a new creature, and it changes me. And it changed what, uh, what I was from uh, years ago to what I am now. And if, if the Holy Spirit hasn't worked in you, and there's not been a change in your life, I beg of you to come, and let's talk about it with the Lord. Because if you... Go the same places and say the same words that you did when you were lost. Do the same things that you did when you were lost. God hasn't changed you yet. You know, that's that's kind of blunt and kind of plain, but I, I have come to the point to realize that Christianity has to be a lifestyle that we embrace. It's more than just coming to church on Sunday morning. It's more than (coughs) uh, coming and teaching a Sunday school class. It's much more. And it has to involve our entire life from the very beginning of our morning to the very end of our day. Whenever we first wake up of the morning, we ought to be thanking God that our eyes opened. And before we go to sleep, we ought to be thanking God that our eyes have been opened and now they can close. We need to be thanking God for everything. And... If you have your Bibles, we'll turn to the uh, book of, of Acts, chapter 26. And Paul was being persecuted. He had been arrested. He had went to all the different steps. And he kind of came up to the end of his trial, if you will. 
And as he stood there, he began to tell of his salvation experience. How many of you can tell of your salvation experience? Can really tell it and have it as a witness tool. And, and we need that. And if you can't remember that, <laughs> I want you to do me a favor. And when you go home today, I want you to write it down. Okay? Write down what Jesus done to you, where you were. You don't have to put the date. I don't remember the date. I remember it was on a Sunday afternoon where I really got my heart right with the Lord. And besides that, I went by that church yesterday. And it kind of gave me a thrill. But anyway, <laughs> write that down and stick it in your, in your wallet. And then if you need it, you got it. Because somebody, if you tell people about Jesus enough, somebody's going to say, well, what did God really do for you? And if you do not have a response, then you are still in the infant stage of Christianity. It's time that we get off, the, as the Bible calls it, the milk of the word, and we get into the meat and taters. It's time that we get into the word and find out exactly what, uh, what, is, what God wants us to do. Now, Paul said, as he was standing there and he was going to end up uh, in front of Agrippa, <laughs> he said, let me tell you what happened. He said, I was on the road one day with Damascus, headed to Damascus with my party, and we, were, we had, give, had been given the authority to bring back anyone who was teaching of the way or the Christianity, the Christian way, and we were going to bring them back so they could be persecuted because that's not the way we do things here. Can't do, can't do changes, can we? <laughs> but he said, that's not the way we do it. And he said, while I was on the road, he said, all of a sudden this huge light shone around, brighter than the sun. And he said, I fell on my face, and I heard this voice out of heaven saying, Saul, Saul. His name was Saul back then, by the way. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul looked up into heaven and said, who is this? And the voice came out and said, Jesus, the one who you are persecuting. Most of us have not had a salvation experience like that. Has anybody had one like that? Okay. Most of us can tell about standing in a pew in the church when the preacher preached on something. And during the invitation time, we stood up and we grabbed that pew in front of us and we squeezed until our knuckles turned white. And the Holy Spirit knocked on our heart and said, you need to make things right. And before too long, we, if we accepted Jesus, we let go of that pew. And I don't know about the rest of you, but from the time that I was sitting back about where Louis is, I'm picking on him today, back about where Louis is till I got to the front, I don't remember that. But I remember praying at an altar of prayer. And asking Jesus to come into my heart. Make my life right. Y'all do that? Y'all do if you haven't done that, you need to. And our salvation experience may not be as dramatic as what Paul's was, but it should be something that, that excites us. <coughs> As I drove by that little church in, over in Florida uh, yesterday, I had to turn right at it. 
And, and uh, the guy that gave me the directions told me to turn left, and he was thinking I was coming from the other way. So I drove down there, and I come back, and I stopped at that church to call him. <laughs> and it reminded me that I had stopped at that church before to call on Jesus. And we need to be able to tell people how much God has done for us. We need to uh, be able to tell people, you know, before I was saved, I wasn't very likable. We need to be able to tell people that when Jesus uh, saved me and I asked him to come into my heart, that things changed. And we need to be able to tell them how it changed. Has God done anything really dramatic in your life? He has. It's more than, well, now I feel secure because my name's on the Lamb's Book of Life and I'm going to heaven. One of the most dangerous doctrines that the Baptist, Southern Baptists preach is once saved, always saved. It's dangerous because we tell people that and they get so relaxed in the confidence that, okay, I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. I don't have to do any more. It's dangerous doctrines to preach. It's true. Don't get me wrong. It's true. But let's be careful how we tell people. Because I believe in security of the believer. I believe my soul is secure because I believe in on Jesus. Now, Saul began to talk to the courts. Verse, starting in verse 16, chapter 26. It says, but rise and stand to your feet. For I have appeared to you for this purpose. Notice that word, purpose. There's a reason. You have a purpose. You have a job to do. He said, and that purpose is, and he's got this kind of God speaking to, to Paul. And he said, and that purpose is to make you a minister and a witness both of the things which you have seen... And Paul was doing that because he was telling Agrippa all about this. <coughs> and he said, the things which you have seen and of the things which I yet reveal to you. Now, as I was reading that, we all have something that we can tell people about God. Amen. And we all, we all talk about heaven and that we haven't seen heaven yet. Any of you been there? If you have, I'd like to talk to you. And, but there are things that we are going to be taught in the future that we need to be telling the other people that, that need to hear it. Amen? And the only way that we can learn about Jesus is to get into the Word. And if you are saved, now what? One of the, one of the, let me kind of put things in perspective for you. We need to be baptized, first of all. Amen? Now, remember when your kids were small? How many of you told them to go pick up their toys? How many of them done it? (laughs) That's kind of what I thought. (laughs) Uh, But we give them a little task so that they'll learn to be obedient. We try to do that before they begin to be adults because once they get to be adults, they're not very obedient. But anyway, we try to teach them to obey what we tell them to do. We tell them to be good kids. We teach them to say, thank you and please, which is a lost art, but we, t- we need to be telling them to be polite. We try to make them to be good people. And the first step in salvation, after salvation, after you've accepted Jesus, is to be baptized. 
It is an act of obedience. It is a showing of what has happened where you are buried and you come up new and clean. And we need to get into a Bible-believing church. Now, if you're sitting here this morning, you are sitting in a Bible-believing church. Amen? Amen. If it wasn't, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> but we, we, we are in church now. Okay, we've moved past kind of step two. But now what? Now what do we do? If you don't know much about the Bible, the thing you need to do is attend one of these Sunday school classes that Rick was telling you about during the announcements. You need to get in and study the Bible. You need to get in and talk to people about the Word of God, even though because I want to tell you something, whenever you first get saved, you don't understand the Bible. I've been studying this old book for 30 years, and guess what? It throws me a surprise every now and then. Doesn't it you, Gary? There's always something in there that's new. And we need to get in and study the Word. And we need to understand and learn so we can explain uh, the, the things to other people. So he said we need to, first of all, be witness of our salvation and what the things that God expects you to do. Now, you say, well, I'm not the preacher. I'm not the Sunday school teacher. I'm not a deacon. I'm not a trustee. I'm not an usher. One of your main ministries is to be a witness. And that's to tell others about Jesus. Now, verse 17 says, I will deliver you from the Jewish people to still God talking to, to Saul or to Paul. <coughs> Actually, Saul at that time said, I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as the Gentiles whom I now send you. Now, the Jewish people were God's chosen people who rejected him. And the Gentiles was everybody else. If you don't have Jewish blood flowing in your veins, you're a Gentile. I was talking, uh, messaging my cousin out in New Mexico the other day, and uh, she asked if my mom was Jew had any Jewish blood in her. My dad always teased her about it. And uh, because she would, <laughs> if something was for sale for $10 and she thought she could buy it for 8 She'd offer. And, you know, it, the old phrase is trying to Jew them down. And Dad always teased her about being Jewish. And, and uh, the, the question come up. And, and my cousin had actually had the DNA kind of thing done, you know. And, and she was rattling off. And we have 0.01% Jewish blood. That's not much, is it? But I want to tell you something. That still makes me a Gentile. And... Jesus, when he was rejected, he said, I want the whole world to be saved, whether you're a Jew or whether you're a Gentile. I want the entire world to be my people. And there's a long story in the book of Acts about uh, Paul in a dream, and I'm not going to get into that. But he said, <laughs> God said, I will deliver you from the, uh, from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. To open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sin and inheritance among those who are satisfied by the faith in me. One of the key things I found in there is to remind people that as we walk around this old earth, we sin. Amen? 
You all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You all, us all, let me throw myself in there. And one of the huge, huge parts of being a Christian is to have your sins covered by the blood of Jesus. All your mistakes, everything that you've done wrong. Sometimes we just kind of make a mistake. And I always say God's sitting up there on these thrones with these arms crossed in Baptist style saying, Oh, man, look at him. That was really dumb. But you know what? He still loves us. No matter if we sin, no matter what. But we need to be telling people that there is a forgiveness of sin through Jesus. Now, we have to educate people to open their eyes. So, therefore, we must learn and we must study the Bible now, another thing in there, a kind of a religious term is sanctified. Do you live a sanctified life? Do you try? You see, being sanctified means no more than being set apart and being different. Now, I don't know about the rest of you, but I like being different. Everybody says, yeah, you're, you're really... They use a word, a different word for different, like weird... But we need to be different from the world. Because if we live just like the world, what's going to make the world want what we got? If we go to the same places they do, and say the same things they do, and tell the same old dirty jokes that they tell, and talk just like them, how are they going to know that you have been sanctified? You see, we need to be set apart for God's service. We need to be talking differently. I always say, God, give me a new language whenever I accepted Jesus and, and got my heart right with God. <coughs> and he taught me to, to lose a lot of the adjectives, English lesson, a lot of the adjectives that I used to use, even when I'm angry, even when things upset me. Those words are gone, and they can be gone from you. If you let Jesus into your heart and let him and talk to him about it. Now, I'm going to close just a minute before you all go to sleep on me. If you move on down to verse 28, Paul's talking to Agrippa. And he had told the entire story that I just told you to Agrippa. And he said, then Agrippa said to Paul, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. Almost. You know the thing about being almost persuaded? is you're not persuaded. You're not a Christian. If you've thought about it, if you've almost persuaded to take a Sunday school class to teach, and you don't, you're not a teacher. If you're almost persuaded to be a prayer warrior, but you're not, you're not a prayer warrior. Almost doesn't get it. You have to go all in for God. And we need to be all in <coughs> to live this sanctified life that I was just talking about. But Agrippa said, you almost, almost persuaded me to become a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me today might become both almost and altogether 
such as I am, except for these chains. He said, I wish that the whole world would accept Jesus. I wish that the whole world was like me. Now, that's a big statement. I, I, and, and it really bothers me because I, I don't want you to watch me and say, I want to be like Ray. I want you to be like Jesus. I don't want you to follow me, but I want you to follow Jesus. And if you follow Jesus, then people will look at you and say, you know, I kind of want what they've got because look at them. They're smiling all the time, and they're having a good time, and nothing seems to bother them. It seems like they always have joy in their heart, and that joy in your heart is unspeakable, and that joy in your heart no one can take away from you, not even Satan. Did he take your joy away? No. If you don't have joy in your heart, what happens is you've given it to him. Because Satan doesn't have the power to take joy from you, something that God has given you. Satan cannot take it away from you. That's why Satan cannot take your salvation, because it is a gift of God. And it was given to you by Jesus. Now, we need to use all of our power, mental power, spiritual power, everything that we have, we need to be using to tell others about Jesus. Remember, Christianity is not something we do inside this building. It's not something we do on Sunday morning. When you wake up tomorrow morning, if you have Jesus in your heart, and you get up and you walk in there and look in the mirror, I usually go, whoa. And sometimes I look in there and I don't feel like a Christian. But you know what? I am. And I have to say, buck it up, Ray, and go live for Jesus today. Let's all mature in Christianity. Let's all make an effort to learn more about Jesus. Don't be like I was in high school and say, well, if I get a C, I'm okay. Let's be aggressive in learning about God. Let's be an honor student in learning about God. And then let's be a warrior to tell others about Jesus. Okay, I'm saved. Now what? Let's go to work. Stand with me, please. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life. And we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tbccentralia.com forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.